The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And finally, we're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise has free picks every day for every sport. Check out their expert plays and betting news at pickswise.com. That's pickswise.com. You are listening to the Champions League show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also check out my website, lockbetting.com. WrestleMania is in the books, but it's still a good time to sign up. You still have 17 days of content to get over at lockbetting.com, which will include winning plays in the tennis, NBA, NHL, MLB, and the soccer as we head towards the end of the soccer season. The business part of the season where trophies will be decided. We are well up this month already as we head towards our 95th month of transparent track profit. And you can still get plenty of value by coming on the journey now for the rest of the month here at lockbetting.com. The pin tweet at SGP Soccer is always the previous month's PL, but you can look at all of the PLs by going to lockbetting.com. Moving on with this edition of the Champions League, as we look at the second legs of these quarterfinals, some teams have already got one foot into the semis with mountains to climb for several teams, beginning with Porto here, travelling to Chelsea. Chelsea are the 1-233 favourites to qualify, so it is looking like Mission Impossible. That was my strongest play from the last podcast. Obviously, we were riding a futures lock on Real Madrid, but in terms of plays... For the um, individual games, Chelsea were my strongest play. And I and I don't see Porto faring any better here in the second leg. I don't think Chelsea will just automatically field a, a weakened lineup here, thinking that they are through. They cannot deliver that level of complacency because if they lose here the same score they lost their last home match, they will be out of the Champions League. That's, of course, that 5-2 defeat against West Brom. But obviously, Chelsea looked a lot stronger at the weekend, coming off the back of a 4-1 win against Crystal Palace. And this is a Porto team who aren't even going to win the Portuguese league this season. That's going to go to Sporting Lisbon. Chelsea are the 4-5 errors to win this game. It's 13-5 the draw and it's 10-3 on Porto. Uh, as I mentioned, yes, Porto um, look like they are going out here, obviously, in this competition domestically. 
Uh, they are six points behind Sporting Lisbon. So they have managed to, to, to close that gap. But I just don't see them making up six points here in the final four games of the season. This has got a lot tighter than, than Sporting Lisbon would have wanted it to. Um, it's largely down to the, the, the fact that they've, begin, they've begun to stumble a little bit as we head towards the end of the season with two draws in their last two games, which has allowed Porto back into the title race. But as I look at the remaining fixtures that Sporting Lisbon have with the toughest being away to Benfica it's difficult for me to see Sporting Lisbon dropping six more points here and allowing Porto back into it plus of course Porto will be able to uh, will need to run the table but they're more than capable of doing that here they have underachieved in this league so far as have Benfica we've seen what they can do in their performances against Juve but that was a combination of Juve being particularly poor and uh, and Porto playing their best game if if Chelsea are poor here it gives them a chance but if Chelsea play to their potential and, and are focused here in this game. Porto have absolutely no chance. I had no doubt in my mind that Chelsea would win on neutral field. And this is a little bit different in terms of um, Chelsea already having a, a 2-0 lead. So we could see some rotation and we could see some traces of, of complacency. But I don't think anything enough to see Porto definitely not go through, but probably not even win this game. This is a Chelsea team that have won 12 of their 17 matches under Thomas Tuchel. This is a Chelsea team that have had their banana skin result against West Brom. And, and I just think Tuchel will will want to avoid the um, the momentum derailing that that, that that could have temporarily caused. He got the train back on track quickly because it was an important game immediately after. Plus, some of the personnel that played in that game don't regularly play for Chelsea. As I said, again, I'm not expecting that kind of rotation here. Uh, this is a Porto team that have lost three of the last eight games in all competitions as well. And six of Tuchel's 12 wins as Chelsea boss have been by 2-0 two, two scorelines with five of those coming at home. And a 2-0 scoreline was the score last time out. And I could just see Chelsea doing that again here and, and comfortably doubling up their lead and going through four, maybe even 5-0 here in this tie. Um, and you've got to think, will Porto realistically even think that they can do anything here in this game? With that domestic season now tightening up with Sporting Lisbon, um, obviously allowing it to get down to six points. Will they be thinking that that's, that's, the, that's the thing that they should be focusing on here at the weekend rather than producing a miracle result against a Chelsea team that have players in every single position that are superior to Porto? There isn't a single Porto player that, that I think that uh, Chelsea would take. So for me, this is just Chelsea here once again on the money line. I can't see any reason why it's not... Um, last time, strong. I was very, very strong on Chelsea to win at that neutral field. And now they're coming home here. If it's the same players and the same mindset in terms of this isn't over, let's just get this game won. They win easily here. And then suddenly this price that you're getting around minus 120 begins to look pretty generous here. Up next, you have uh, PSG at home to Bayern Munich off the back of uh, the two teams giving us a game that we deserved in last season's Champions League. Obviously, the Champions League was, it was, a, was a poor game, which finished 1-0 to Bayern Munich. But then last time out, we got a 3-2 win for PSG. And again, it was just end-to-end. -end. Either team could, could have won that game, which is probably why I, I think that this tie isn't over yet. But it's just very, very difficult to see Bayern outscoring PSG in that kind of game without uh, Robert Lewandowski, the Ballon d'Or winner in the team. They are the 6-5 to favourites here to win this game away from home. 
I think that's very short. It's three to one on the draw and it's two to one on PSG. I think that's very big. Um, considering we're going to see the same sort of game. Now, this isn't a 4-1 lead like that against Barca. So I don't think that there'll be that level of complacency here for, for, from PSG. And I think, look, tactically, the game played into their hands. Bayern Munich... Um, surprisingly played a very, very high line, something they didn't do in the win against Leipzig. They didn't play up as high. And that was suicide because I quickly, quickly, quickly turned around in my group chat and text my members and said, PSG are going to score three or four goals here in this game because the high press is the high press is too high. They've got the players to break on it. If Kylian Mbappe and Neymar continue to get through uh, with this with this high line, they're going to get chance after chance after chance. They're going to get the same thing tomorrow because now they have to press the game even more because they're coming in from a deficit. So you're going to see even more space in and behind that that back line if they continue to press because sitting back tight and trying to nick the game and, and getting a one 0 result in Paris is a good result. But it puts you out of the Champions League in this instance because you've conceded three away goals. So I think even at 2-2, Bayern Munich from 2-0 from, from um, down had, had done well to salvage something and get that game back to 2-2. But then obviously to, to concede the third goal, that was absolutely killer. Obviously that was in an attempt to, to try and win the game. This team showed that they do have the capabilities of playing a different a different way tactically and um, and not sending their men up high. And if you don't send these these players up high, that is actually a good defence and that is a good and that is a good um, that is good protection in front of your back line in terms of the holding players that they have. I don't think there's many better than, than Joshua Kimmich in that position. But that's not the way that they utilise players with with their with their high press and their rock and roll football and and their attack 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 ethos. But then when you're missing the key man, it's going to put the ball in the net. You're going to have to think about doing something differently. I mean, Chupamotum did his part. He held the ball up. He even scored. So you can't say that he came in and that, that Lewandowski was ridiculously missed in this game and the replacement contributed absolutely nothing. Thing. I just think that they were tactically poor, and had they approached it the same way they approached the Leipzig game, which was to be, um, which was to be more difficult to beat and drop back slightly, and possibly um, conceded more possession to this Paris Saint Germain team, and, and um, I almost feel like PSG wouldn't have known what to do with it. We, we've seen a lot of games in the French league this season where um, PSG haven't been able to utilize that possession as frequently, which is why they're sitting in a league position in in April where the title isn't secure because they have found it more difficult this season to, to break team down. And maybe maybe Bayern Munich should have actually just bit the bullet, forgetting, forgotten about the facts and said, you know, this is, the, um, this is what is ingrained at the core of our club. We are a footballing team that will dominate games and we will, our ethos will be to attack and to, to outscore you. Well... You have to be tactically more wiser than that in, in certain situations. And they seem to, as I said, get the job done against RB Leipzig, finish the German title race at the weekend. And they seem to have the, the blueprint in terms of how to approach this game. But we didn't see that. We saw a very normal Bayern Munich who who almost played exactly the same way with zero consideration that they had the they were missing the player that was going to score the, the half chances that, that would make the difference in games. And then he made a difference in the game. Um, his goals weren't 
around there and they got outscored. So I just think that we'll see nothing different in terms of um, the amount of goals we'll see in this game. I think the strongest play here will be to take both teams to score and to tack on the over 2.5 in it. And given the fact the last game had five goals and um, it looked like there could have been a hell of a lot more, I think this cashes comfortably and I think 4 to 6 minus 150 is generous here in this one. So over 2.5 and both teams to score here, which is available at 4 to 6, will be my official lean on this game. Uh, as for who goes through, um, I, I think it's just going to be way, way too difficult here for um, Bayern Munich to overcome this obstacle from this home defeat. And uh, I just see the goals here coming in this one. Uh, four of PFG's last five Champions League games have actually featured at least three goals, with Bayern scoring at least two goals in eight of their nine Champions League games, including the last one without Robin Lewandowski. And Kylian Mbappe, he is the key man here in the Champions League this season, and he scored eight goals in eight Champions League appearances for PSG. So over two and a half and both teams score here in this one up next we move on to Wednesday's games and we start with Dortmund versus Man City which I think is actually the most wide open tie of the lot um, considering Dortmund really gave City a game in the first leg at City. I think it's very, very big to get Dortmund here at 5-1 to one to qualify with City available at 1-8. to eight. Dortmund are actually 8-15 to 15 to win the game. It's 10-3 to, to draw and it's 8-13 to 13 on Manchester City. Yeah, I, I got Man City here as a, as a futures play to um, to win this competition. And I'm a little bit worried because I don't think this tie is done. I think City will obviously be able to go to Dortmund and score a goal, which makes it difficult for Dortmund, which will need three goals to qualify. But it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Borussia Dortmund could, could push extra time here. Um, I, I personally think that Manchester City will edge out a shootout here. I think Dortmund going for the game... Uh, they've shown throughout the season that they cannot offer that protection to their back line. I think you need to replace some players here in the summer. I mean, this is going to be a disastrous season for Dortmund where they don't qualify for the Champions League via their league position. So if that doesn't give you a wake-up call in terms of strengthening up certain weaknesses, then I don't know what what, what will Um Obviously, next season will be even tougher because it looks like they're going to be without Haaland because Haaland isn't going to stay at a team that aren't playing in a Champions League. This player's not going to miss a Champions League season. And I think the €150 million Euro price tag that's put on his head is very, very generous. I wouldn't wait one year till his contract gets even. It has even less time on it. I would sign him up now because I think once we get out of the current climate, um, €150 million, Euros, I think, is the price of, of the COVID price. But I think once teams have a little bit more money and we do get back to normal, if we ever get out of this fucking shitty situation, then I think 150 million euros will stick anyway. I don't think there's going to be significant reduction of that. And even if you do end up saving 50 million euros, you could be in competition with a whole lot more clubs that are waiting. So if anybody's got the money now, um, and I would think that the front runners for that are Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain. I think they would be the ones that have the money. I don't think even Manchester City will have the money after recently releasing a, a report to say that they lost £120 million during during COVID. Um, I, I think going public with that and the fact that they don't really make um, 90, you know, 90 up to £120 million purchases historically. Yes, they've spent a load of money, but I think every purchase has, has been within that 30 to £60 million bracket that there isn't actually a load of um there isn't really a load of signings above the 50 million point 50 million pound mark so yeah it's not really the way city do things i just don't i think obviously 
sometimes you have to break the bank for a certain player. And obviously during that entire time, they were probably looking for the players they were buying positions for, the, the defenders, etc., uh, or, or defensive midfielders. They don't really warrant that kind of price tag generally in football. And now you're looking to replace Sergio Aguero, who's obviously been there for the past decade, been doing his job. Perhaps that will change things because you're now in the market for a type of player that's completely different. And obviously Haaland falls into place. Plus, if you're letting Aguero go, maybe you know something that the rest of us don't. Uh, be it Haaland, be it Harry Kane going there. I, I'm not sure what, what's going on at Manchester City, but they will sign a, a massive striker and they will have to pay over over 60 million. But are they going to pay 100, 120 million? I don't know. It's just going to be a very, um, it's going to just be very different for, from Manchester City. But also when you release that that number that you that you lost 120 million during during this market, and obviously you're not the, the worldwide brand of a Real Madrid and Manchester United, for example. Um, I don't know if you can um, justify that kind of spending. I think PSG could still do it. Um, and obviously Manchester United, he'd be a really good fit there because I think that would be a key piece that would take us from the second best team in the league to actually really challenging. And actually, even the gap now in the Premier League is actually only seven points. And I was pointing out to my uh, to my clients this week that had Manchester United actually beaten Sheffield United at home, which was a gimme game, and um, and not drawn against West Brom, the, the, the results against the bottom two, uh, they would be within two points of Manchester City going into the running, which will be really interesting because Manchester City's priorities lie here in the Champions League. This is the trophy that they want the most en route to this um, quadruple that they're chasing here at the moment. So I, I think Manchester City will find a way here to go through. I think a shootout will break out in this game. And very much like the last game we just looked at, I see both teams finding the net, despite the fact Manchester City have improved defensively. Uh, they're not going to keep a clean sheet here. Borussia Dortmund extended their run of scoring in every single game as of late. And when I say as of late, we're looking at... 38 games now. So Borussia Dortmund extending that to scoring in 38 games in a row. So it makes it very difficult here for to not to not see them extending that and making it number 39. Uh, over 2.5 goals with both teams scoring has notched in each of Dortmund's last four matches with over 2.5 goals and both teams scoring registering Dortmund's last four Champions League fixtures as well. This City team have won 27 of the last 29 all competitions coming off a loss again at home this time against Leeds so in that run two home defeats here for Manchester City who are the best away team in the Premier League and uh, they come up here against a Dortmund team whose home record has let them down in the um, in the domestic league this season uh, Dortmund have conceded at least two goals in six of their last seven matches so um, you would think that they would need to to find a net three times here against Manchester City and I think that's too tough to ask with City's defence improving but I do think they'll find it once Therefore, both teams to score over 2.5 goals here at 10 to 11 in this one is the best play for me. Finally, we move on to Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Now, Liverpool fans will argue this is wide open because they overcame a bigger deficit against Barcelona. But Barcelona, unbelievably, didn't score one goal in that day. And Barcelona have a record had a record of going into that game of blowing first leg leads. I mean, they had a three-goal lead against Roma and um, ended up going out of the competition, losing 3-0 in Roma. Uh, they they suffered that defeat then against Liverpool as well. Uh, so, so they have history of doing that. I don't think Real Madrid are going to do that. I don't think Liverpool are going to be able to keep the clean sheet they need here to keep Real Madrid out of the... Uh, to, to keep Real Madrid... 
um, out and give themselves a chance. I don't think they're going to be able to do that because if Real Madrid score one goal in this game, Liverpool are going to need to score three goals here just to force extra time. If Real Madrid score two goals in this game, Liverpool need to score five. So that is the gravity of the task. I think it's actually Real Madrid here being at one to four is actually quite a generous parlay piece. I think they're looking at Liverpool and thinking about the magic of Anfield and what Liverpool could do in the Champions League. Well, there's, there's, there's no magic at Anfield when there's no fans there. And prior to beating Villa at the weekend, they lost six Premier League games in a row there. So Liverpool are, are, aren't going to overcome this deficit. They're not going to get the 2-0 win that they need here to go through. Uh, just to win this game outright, Liverpool available at 19-20. to 20. It's 11-4 to four to join. It's 5-2 to two on Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid aren't going to really make any major changes here. I think there's value on them here at even money to come here and, and avoid a defeat in this game. I think that, um, that that they're going to be coming here to um, to just to just do exactly what they did last time. I think we're going to we're not going to see them sitting back and parking a bus or anything like that. And I think obviously with with the owners being on Liverpool to press the game, this is going to leave it wide open for goals. I think Real Madrid may be able to exploit that space and maybe even win two ties, maybe even win both of the games here and and really rack up an aggregate score. But much like a lot of the picks here on this show. I think the situation with one team chasing the game, which is what we've had in, in all of the games so far, in every game we've had, we've got one team with a very distinct advantage. So what that leads to is is the the the, the onus to, to press the game. And that's consistent throughout all of the picks. So whereas it looks like, oh, I'm just picking goals and goals and goals and goals. Well, situationally, they're the right things to do here in this situation because Liverpool have to overcome 3-1. Bayern Munich have to overcome 3-2. Dortmund have to overcome 2-1, like Porto two 0 down. So everybody needs to push the pace here. There's no time to, to sit in and um and uh to sit in and, and wait and see what happens. It, it, it's, it's just not the situation that's presented ourselves. And obviously, in regards to not picking a game in a Porto game, that's just because I think there's a massive um, difference in terms of the ability of the two teams. Chelsea are quite clearly superior and they'll be able to contain Porto in that situation. Whereas these other teams, if they obviously go at each other's throats, I think we are going to see goals. Um, over 2.5 goals with both teams scoring has actually hit in five of Real Madrid's last six matches where you didn't have the situation. Um, Liverpool have only won two of the last 10 matches at Anfield. So to see them as a favourite like this against Real Madrid just because they desperately need to win the game doesn't make any sense to me, especially when Real Madrid beat them last week and beat Barcelona and are unbeaten in 13 games in all competitions. I think this is a team that are going to make a late run for the La Liga title and could be in the Champions League final as well. In fact, that was my prediction. As soon as the draw was made and it was a big price from Real Madrid at 4-1 to one to make the Champions League final, 12-1 um, to one to win the competition and that all looked good to me. But obviously what I went for is locking up that they will go through in this tie as an underdog and they are in a very, very position, a good position to go through in this tie as an underdog. So um, I'm going to take both teams to score and over two and a half goals again here. And it's exactly the same price as it was in the last game, 10 to 11 here in this one. Um, closing out the show, I, we've got our futures lot riding and it's very, very difficult for me to, to pick anything out here. I mean, all of my leans have been very, very similar. I think we see more than three goals in all of the games other than Chelsea and Porto. And I think both teams score. I think you can just um, play small leans 
um, on, on those, possibly for a half unit in terms of what you do with this podcast. I, I don't really feel comfortable um, laying down a unit on anything here. And we had that situation at the weekend. Now, my clients over at lockbend.com are, are trained to hit the lock immediately. 99% of the time, the lock will be an official one unit play. And the best thing to do often is as soon as you hear it on here, grab the play at the price that I'm quoting here. Because once people start to jump on a bandwagon, there will be reverse line movement and um, and, and, the, and the play that I pick out will usually get too short. So they're conditioned to do that. I hate it. The Bundesliga slate at the, at, the, at the weekend and I shouldn't have been forced into a one unit play on anything. Because whereas, you know, you get these clowns on, on gambling Twitter putting out these seven or eight unit plays. We just don't do that at all. Most of our stuff is kept at a half unit and one unit is a pretty significant play for us. I mean, the weekend that just went by, I was certain that PSG were going to win and I was certain that Real Madrid weren't going to lose and we played two locks for one unit on the European show and landed both of them. So that's the degree of certainty that I really feel that you need to have to have a one unit play and I didn't have that in the Bundesliga so in future I won't be pushed into locks. On 99% of the shows there will be something for a unit but they shouldn't have been on that show and they shouldn't be here on this one and that's so, and so that is what we're going to do here on the show. That's it for this edition of the Champions League show. I'll be back with the Europa League show in a couple of days. But until then, good luck with all your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.